Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture. And this week on the show, we have got an absolute legend in the world of music. Some call him a prog rock guy. Some call him a rock guy. Some call him an art rock guy. We just like to call him Devin Townsend. And he's going to be joining us this week on the Rockman Power Hour. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, we just want to say uh, a big, big shout out to all of you for helping us make last week's episode an absolute success. Um, Troy Van Leeuwen from Queens of the Stone Age joined us, and we are so, so excited that so many of you tuned in. Uh, It just goes to show that um, when you've got a great conversation and the word gets out there, people uh, are down to listen, and we are very, very happy that you are all down to listen. I want to bring in my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, um, first of all, your fridge looks so full right now. Um, oh, um, yeah. Live feed from the fridge right now. I'm, uh, you know, I, uh, I I got shrunk by a shrunk rat. I was reading a weird science comic and, a, you know, monkey see, monkey do. So sure. I started shrinking. Yeah. And I said, eh, if I'm going to be short, if I'm going to be this uh, small for the rest of my life, I'm going to chill with this hot sauce. <laughs> well, I absolutely love uh, the background. And uh, that, of course, is heartbeat hot sauce. And that's Ryan's fridge full of it. Uh, mm. I've got to order some because I'm, I'm low. But the good thing is I've got the promo code Rockman20. And that right there will get me 20% off my entire order. And I wanted to show this one off because this is one that I'm uh, about to crack open. This is the In Flames hot sauce that they uh, did in collaboration with the band. So uh, definitely check this out. They've got a lot more. um, And this one goes a a little hot on the hot meter. This gets right to the hot, almost bordering into extra hot. Rightfully so. uh, so. Have you tried, have you tried this one? You have, eh? Yeah. It it wouldn't make any sense if like, you know, Ice Cube had like raging hot sauce, you know, like (laughs) Ice Cube, I think he should, you know, get into uh, Ice Cube trays. Right. Maybe, uh, you know, some of that, like a cooling beverage, but in flames, I expect my mouth to be on fire. Well, that's it. But you know what I love about it too? We haven't really talked a lot about this, but the ingredients, (laughs) bell peppers, Mm -hmm. habaneros, onions, distilled vinegar, organic cane sugar, sea salt, garlic, lime juice, canola oil. That's it. So not a bunch of crap in this. If you're to pick up a hot sauce from, let's say, uh, the grocery store, and you're to look into what goes into their hot sauce, yeah, it's the list is like the ingredients list is like this long, and it's yeah, a bunch of kit, shit that you don't kitty understand. Kitty litter, yeah, plaster scene stuff you can't pronounce. So definitely check out Heartbeat <laughs> Hot Sauce. They're absolutely wonderful, and they are the heartbeat of the Rockman power hour and a big shout out to studio house designs. I see that you are, um, you're rocking the Hellraiser long sleeve and you need that right now because you're right in front of the fridge. So it must be a little chilly. I like, <laughs> oh, like that. I like your sass today. Rockman. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that one. And I've got, um, th- now this Ryan, I don't know if you know this film. I'm going to move my mic a little bit out of the way. This is the wicker man. Have you ever seen the wicker man? No, I've seen clips of Nicolas Cage's remake of The Wicker Man. Yeah, but I don't watch seen that. The Wicker Man. Okay, don't, don't watch that. Watch the original one with uh, with Christopher Lee. Uh, dude, it's so good. It's so good, and it's at the. Uh, do you remember when we had Kirla uh, Janice 
Here. We didn't have her on the podcast, but we hope we, we yeah yeah for we Fantasia had, yes for Fantasia we we did a little interview of her. Reason why I'm bringing her up is that she put out this incredible documentary that was at Fantasia, I believe, last year, all about oh, yeah. folk horror. And I was a cinematographer for one little part of that, and I didn't even realize. Yeah, it. yeah. She she hired me to be like, I need someone to do camera and microphone. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Then two years later, I, I'm watching this amazing documentary, and I'm like. That shot looks painfully familiar. I'm like, wait a second. You shot it. I think I shot that. And she even included me in the end credits. And that was really nice. Yes. Because she would have been like, hey, hey, thanks for the job. Now go to hell. It's like, nope. I live in cinema history thanks to her and that that little video job I did. And uh, Severin, who she works for, put out this great folk horror box set, which I have. And it's like, I love this thing. And uh, they talk about Wicker Man a lot. So definitely check out Wicker Man, check out Hellraiser, and check out Studio House Designs because that is the level of geekdom that they dive down. Not the level, but that's the rabbit hole of geekdom that they're willing to dive down into to uh, bring you some of the coolest shirts ever. So studiohousedesigns.com. Thank you so much for supporting us. And uh, make sure you go support them. May I make a segue? Please do. Uh, Today is the day after my friend Marco's birthday. Yeah. And uh, for his birthday, I got him a Studio House Design shirt. Oh, nice. Similar to the one I'm wearing right now. Look at you. That's right. The long sleeve and the short sleeve. Yeah, when we were getting our sponsorship stuff, I uh, took it upon myself to buy uh, my friend a, a T-shirt from them because they're just damn good shirts, and you got to spread the love when you I, can, right? I couldn't agree more, man, and uh, I love supporting those guys. So yeah, check out Studio House Designs. They're wonderful, and uh, they've got some Lost Boys stuff coming out, I believe. If, if, oh, by yeah. the time you've seen this, it's already come out. It might still be on sale, but def- definitely check them out. They're, they're always doing great stuff. So, uh, Ryan, listen, we've got someone on the podcast this week, and I don't want to take too much time because the conversation that we had with them is great. Um, but let's just tell everybody really quickly how this came about for you, because I booked this with our friend Sarah uh, from Looters, who helped us uh, get Devin on the podcast. But I told you about this conversation literally a couple hours before. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and this afternoon, I'm talking to Devin Townsend. You were like, wah, wah, wah. Um, what, do, what were we doing in and outs for? Did you want to do a couple of them? Because I have a, I also have a tape at 11 o'clock. I don't know if you want to do it with me. I, I wasn't sure if you'd want to. Do you know who Devin Townsend is? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to come on with me at 11 with him? Fuck yes. Jesus okay. Christ. Are you kidding? No. Holy shit. Yeah. You like Devin Townsend? Uh-huh. Okay. You like <laughs> he was the last concert I saw before COVID fucking started. All right. So we'll have him. So then we're going to talk to him at 11 together. I wasn't, I didn't know if you'd like him or not. Okay. But yeah, because most people that have that reaction, they like him, they like him. And if they yeah. don't, they're like, uh. Devin Townsend's fucking amazing. Like, you know, it's either complete indifference or complete in- infatuation. Are you recording? Yeah. You should keep that reaction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's real. Slack, slack jawed amazement <laughs> that uh, you're like, you want to do it too? It's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I found the, uh, I found a way to make your penis bigger. One in. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? What? Yeah. What? Oh, 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 was shocking and yeah. amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> cool. Well, listen, um, this guy is a legend. Um, he started out with his band Strapping Young Lad. Um, he's got a solo project uh, slash journey, if you will, that he's been on forever. And I just love him because he's intelligent. He's musically fearless. 
and he's just got an incredible outlook on creating music, um, staying in the industry. And it was a really, really cool conversation. I highly recommend if you're a musician and you're looking on how to keep a great attitude in music, Devin Townsend's someone that you should not only follow, but listen to. Because yes, his music speaks that, but his words speak that as well. And I just think his whole attitude towards creating music, sustaining a musical career um, is really uh, a healthy one for young musicians to be listening to and to be maybe, I don't want to say mimic, but to take some cues from. We even bring it up in the conversation of, um, you know, image versus music and how much people effort people put into the image and the music. Like I, for one, love theatrical bands. Yeah. But at the same, but at the same time, I've seen theatrical bands that rely on the theatricality and the music takes a backseat. And I think all the best ones kind of do both. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk, we talk all about that and a lot of other things. So I don't know. What do you say? Do we, do we show them this stuff now? I think and we, then we just dorked fuck out when we're done. I think we just dive right into this conversation. So uh, without any further ado, here is our conversation with Devin Townsend. All right. Um, Really, really happy to to be joined by uh, a gentleman whose music uh, both Ryan and I have been following for a long, long time. Um, Being someone who's grown up in the Canadian metal scene, uh, he's someone's name that you've heard forever and uh, whose name carries a lot of respect uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm glad to have Devin Townsend on the uh, podcast with us today. Thanks so much, man, for uh, for accepting and for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Um, Ryan, when I told Ryan that we uh, we had uh, booked you for the podcast, Ryan, what was your expression? Uh, I think it was jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping, awestruck joy like a like a a kid on christmas morning receiving a nintendo that his brothers and sisters didn't get it's like this is a nintendo for you it's like oh okay i guess it depends on which which nintendo system it is though well that always shows your age right well uh i don't know i'm a super i'm a i'm a super nintendo nintendo 64 guy who uh you know experienced all your a lot of your music in chronological order so nice man nice man yeah my favorite was the first Nintendo because it had what was it, Duck Hunt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But just if that 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 name for a game is great, like Duck Hunt is great, man. <laughs> I always thought the Hunt was the dog that was just like you know mocking you every time you'd fuck up, which fuck I did often. Guy. Fuck that dog, yeah. man. Brian, you also mentioned that um, Devin was the last show that you saw before the pandemic, right? Yep. Uh, literally it was when you played, uh, believe you played two shows mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. And, uh, I believe I was at the second one and, um, I brought my friend Patrick there and it was just, uh, it was a, it was a really cool show. Cause I believe you guys were making up your set list, like on the spot. Oh or yeah. At least it seemed like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to retroactively say that's what happened. Was that in Montreal or? Yeah. We're both, oh, yeah. we're both in Montreal. Montreal. Okay. So that'd be the Corona theater ironically yeah. enough. Yeah. Then, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, man, it was um, it seems like since that time, it's just been this blur of activity. But uh, but yeah, I remember the shows, man. I had only forgotten that we had done two, but but no longer. Well, luckily you did, too, because I couldn't go to the first one and was obviously pretty fucking bummed. <laughs> but uh, I got to say my best friends in the world who adore you, Marco and Dana, like if it wasn't for Marco, I I don't think I know half the bands. He was the coolest kid in high school. Right before we begin this, dude, I I just want to ask, who's your Marco Vaccaro? Who got you in the music and stuff? Because you're so versatile. Um, I think my neighbors. When I was a kid, 
the neighbors that moved into the house beside us were were uh i think my parents were a little sketched out by them (laughs) but you know they they had a band and and i remember the oldest brother playing guitar and 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 you know that's where i kind of find out about metallica or or slayer or or even van halen and i think it's 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 interesting how your your social group and and where you were raised ends up informing so much of what you listen to and because i was raised in surrey in british columbia it was um at the time it was not rough but it was kind of like um definitely sort of blue collar vibe and uh any overt displays of of artistic sort of flair was often looked upon with a certain amount of scorn so my propensity for being such was mixed from a very early age with a respect for like acdc and van halen and things like that you know you can't you couldn't have one or the other i couldn't just kind of commit to the to the rock and roll stuff as much because as much as i loved it i was so drawn towards you know orchestral things or musical theater so i covertly followed that path while still being into the trans ams and and bmx's right right <laughs> and, and it's funny because um you know i find now you know i've got i've got two kids i've got a my my daughter's going to be 16 and my son's going to be 19 and they're both really into music but what's great about them is that they can like everything you know as opposed to someone like myself who's 52 you know very similar to what you went through um i had to you know if i if i was into something like Duran Duran. None of my friends were into Duran Duran and I couldn't admit that to anyone, but I'm like, I love this poppiness. Like they just write yeah. great fucking choruses, but totally, you man. couldn't admit that to your friend who was in, you know, who was listening to master of puppets. Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked them both. I mean, yeah, same. I think it was, it was, I, I was fortunate in a sense that um, ever since I was, ever since I, I uh, started playing guitar, maybe about seventh grade or eighth grade, I couldn't hide the fact that I was, you know, a little, little different than, than my friends. And so because I had a certain proficiency, proficiency for playing guitar, I could kind of get away with being the weirdo that I am. Yeah. So, you know, my buddies would be like, oh, there's, you know, that's that kid that he he can play really well, but he likes Enya, which is kind of weird. (laughs) You know, he can play Judith three songs so, so we can hang. Right. Right. It's so funny you say Enya. I mean, that, that's a perfect example of, you Loved know, it. me too. Same. I you mean, know, uh, you yeah. know, I would listen to Enya and I'd listen to PM Dawn and I would listen to, uh, you know, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter. Same. Music is music. Same. It's just it's just got to be something that's fun. Well, what's interesting is with that as well is as I've gotten older and I've done so many records that have gone in different directions and some of which obviously was, was quite heavy. <laughs> I remember it, it seeming strange to me that that people who were died in the wool with metal, like that's what that's their whole life was like, how could you possibly want to listen to anything other than metal? It seemed confusing to this particular demographic. And I remember thinking it's the equivalent of only ever eating steak, right? Like in the morning at lunch for a snack. And I think there's sometimes that, yeah, steak is, is good, but I don't want it all the time. Fuck no, man. And I think it's the same thing with music. Like music ends up becoming like a component to my life. And and while well, it has become a component to my life. And and as a result, it's each one of these, these um, I don't know, disciplines, I guess, metal or new age or orchestral or whatever becomes just a sonic 
colors that that you can draw from. But one thing to the exclusion of everything else is just, uh, man, I get so bored so quick. Well, listening to your albums, I once again, I'll bring up one of my best buds, Marco, whose birthday will be right around the time we release this interview, actually. Right on, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was playing your, uh, your album, uh, and I believe uh, we, we're playing Mario Kart or something, and just song by song, I'm just like, dude, who are all these bands? Like, dude, this is like the same guy. This is the same guy. <laughs> Devin Townsend and uh, I remember like animals comes on and I'm just thinking in my head I'm a very visual person when it comes to my imagination I'm like holy shit the music video for this must be insane there must be fire and brimstone and stop <laughs> animated animals and you must there be the explosion coming out of the mountain ripping off Godzilla's head it must be insane and then I look up the video and uh, it's <laughs> you in your backyard in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt loosely dancing around to the tune and I'm just like that is the ultimate fuck you to all these other people in metal who are obsessed with their image and I'm like, oh, my God, he put everything he has into the versatility of the music and gives no fucks about the visual equivalent. Was that completely on purpose or is that kind of a statement basically saying, listen, guys, you don't need a hundred thousand, a million dollar video to say this song is worth paying attention to? Well, I think it's um, first off, I appreciate the, the acknowledgement and the, and the compliment, um, but I'm afraid I don't <clears throat> think about it that much. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by friends and you know people that i care for and in the scene a lot of the bands who i've become close to like who are friends of mine uh, part of that is is they've actualized in their own way exactly what it means to be that band whatever it is right mm. and i feel that that's what i've done as well so as a result of that there's no ulterior motive to the work you know it's the reason why I danced around in the backyard like an idiot is just because that seemed appropriate. There's no, there's no like this is going to stick it to the man or this is going to make mm -hmm. um, the other bands, you know, try to prove a point or whatever. I think um, <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes was always, "If you if you never lie about yourself, well, to the extent that you're able, then you never have to remember anything. It's not like you have to be vigilant with like, well, what did I say to this guy in order to uphold some sort of um image if you're always just like dude i'm just i do what i do and that's what i felt like doing and then the rationale for that just becomes trying to be as authentic as you can in the moment as opposed to, <laughs> to any ulterior motive and i think it's funny because in hindsight i think you can claim these things as being intentional yeah. like yeah man this worked and therefore i really had this plan as to what i was trying to do and but there's none of that i just i kind of just follow the path of least resistance when it comes to the writing process in that the ideas that I find most compelling at that particular point in my life are almost always uh, based on the fact that subconsciously that's where I'm headed. So following that, after a while, it just refines the vision. It's like, okay, well, in order to get that correct, that's right, that's wrong. This is a little off. This Maybe this font is wrong. Maybe it's more of this color scheme. And then by the end, you've got like a an essay of, in a sense, what you've done over the past couple of years. You're like, well, that's where I was, for right. better or for worse. And to the extent that I was able at the time, I tried to articulate it to the best of my ability, warts and all, and that's all there is to it. I think that's one of the great things about creating music. Um, you know, being someone who 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 has been a musician and who has created music over the years and and been in a band and done done the thing. 
Um, it is kind of nice when you are able to look back on what you've done with a bit of distance, because I, I don't know about you, but whenever I would put anything out, um, the last thing besides playing stuff live, once the a tour cycle would be done, the last thing I would want to do is spend any time listening to that. I just, I would want to just forget it existed. But when you get to, you know, look at something maybe you did 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it's like a snapshot in time. And that's the yeah. beautiful thing about it. It's like a memory. And that's what, you know, for me and for most people, music is really linked to memory. Smells are, for me are linked to memory too. Like, um, mm. white musk from the body shop. I smell that. It reminds me of my girlfriend when I was 16. You know, yeah, yeah. it's these little things. For me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. when you have these things, so I think that's the nicest thing about being a creative is that you're able to create not only these moments for other people, but for yourself as well. You can document kind of where you've been. That documentation is is the key, though. The, the job description, I think if I was to look at it from afar, like if I was, you know, not as in it as as I clearly am, it's like you're a re a reporter in a sense and and mm -hmm. your life is so specific to your own biases and background and upbringing and traumas or or what have you so it's always going to be interpreted through that filter but i think that if you're doing it correctly sort of a weird word but if you're doing it in the ways that i feel you should be doing it each period of your life will be documented in a in a way that resonates most appropriately with that time so maybe you were traveling a lot so there's going to be maybe a whimsical or a, or a more transient nature to the the music song by song or maybe you're stuck at home in a pandemic yeah. and things are going to come out in that way and and so my only criteria for whether or not what I've done is worth a shit really is whether or not when I listen to it I I think yeah that accurately summarizes that particular period for me and I think because the curriculum of my life is specific, it's also not really any different than anybody else's. So I've always tried to keep things lyrically, not vague, but able to summarize that particular period of my time, but also with emotions that are, are you know, common, right? I don't know. That was a word salad. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. All good. It's awesome. Uh, so, Devin, the first time I, without realizing it, years before, the first time I ever heard your voice was I was watching this show on much on much music. They used to be called The Wedge, where they would play some alternative music very very late. And uh, I heard I I was sleeping and I woke up to the sound of this powerful, high powerful voice, and I'm just like, wow, this isn't our man. This isn't. So I catch the name at the end of the video as kids before youtube this is what you had to do and uh, it said strapping young lad hmm. and i was like wow what a fucking singer <laughs> you know went straight yeah. back to sleep then years later i find myself at heavy montreal where you're playing not with the band but you're playing with yourself no dude that's, <laughs> yourself. that's not just heavy montreal man when, when, when you're playing when you're playing a set it's just you some uh some pedals and this voice and it just really came full circle i'm like holy shit that voice I heard when I was a when I was a kid, just getting into music. Here it is in front of me, mm. and he doesn't need a whole band to move thousands of people. <laughs> in which, when we were watching your show, we were very, very moved. Like when you take away the drums and all the extra instrumentation, uh, what made you start going out playing um, shows like solo like that? Well, a lot of it's convenience. You know, it's it's um, there were certain territories that. Uh, I was told, well, we can't afford to to do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's 
to get the gear in there. I was just in Turkey. I just did the same thing. And, and they said, we'll have to cancel your, your show because um, there's a border cost that we weren't anticipating and it's going to put you in the whole 40 grand or something. And so, so I said, well, let me just take an acoustic and I'll go do that. And by doing that, you can actually make a couple of bucks and you can show up and, and play in places that I've been told that you can't play. I did the same thing in India. I did the same thing in Singapore. I did the same thing in China. It's like, you know, so so by by doing that, you can kind of break into a market. It sounds awful. It's not necessarily what I mean, but in a sense, it's the it's the truth. It's like sure. you can present yourself and say, "Well, here's here's me without anything." And if this is something that resonates with people, then we can hopefully come back with a band somewhere down the line. But again, I, I find that there's so many parameters that um, get uh, kind of imposed on the industry and by that i mean there's there seems like there's a certain amount of things that you're told uh when you're doing audio engineering for example or when you're putting a band together every youtube video will tell you these are the things that you need to do these are the things that you don't need to do mm-hmm. some asshole holding his face with some what the fuck thing on the youtube big yellow writing hate it dude i hate that man it's you like fucking hate it i stuck 75 golf balls in my hamster's ass what happens next it's like fuck you dude but anyway they'll all tell you that it's like these are the things that you have to do sure you know you you have to adhere to this this this, and this and if you do this this is how you can become successful and it all seems so naive in a way because a lot of how these things that have broken through have broken through is because they didn't follow those rules right and I think a lot of the ways in which I've managed to create some sort of uh, longevity for myself career-wise is I haven't thought about it too much. I just work as hard as I am able and try to make the music as as cool as I can. But past that point, man, sometimes it's just like, let's go play acoustic shows. Let's go out and do this. It's And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But there's no... There's no rhyme or reason or, or motive behind it, really. You know, it's it's funny the uh, the analogy of you, you know, presenting yourself at, like to break into a market because re- in essence, it is what it is. And it's kind of like when you go to a you know an open mic night in a coffee shop. You know, someone will show up with their acoustic guitar just to give you a taste of what it's like, and then if someone likes it, you'll come back with a bigger band. So it makes a lot of sense, and it's smart to actually to be able to have you know it, it's smart, but it's 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 also fortunate that you're able to do that because some people can't do it stripped down. You know, mm, I mean, some people yeah. need everything or if it, or it doesn't work. And it, and, and the reality is that, you know, all that stuff around you that you've got to bring when you're a full band, it's a lot more logistical planning, you know? Oh, it's huge, dude. And, and post pandemic, it's, it's, it's yeah. off the charts. Like yeah. when we have been doing these, these tours recently, I did a, I just came back from a, a headline run and then um, we're going out with dream theater Yeah, and a lot of, how those parameters come together is in, in the past, they would say, what sort of production are we going to bring? Right. And they say, okay, well, maybe we do some video walls or we do some nineties looking scrims or whatever it is that we choose to do. But there was kind of this option ahead of the time. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like, okay, so you can have seven carrots over the course of the tour. How are we going to distribute this? You know, it's like, yeah. it seems. Yeah, no, it's, 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 so different. This is what you you hear constantly from bands that are going out on the road now. It's is exactly that. You know, like, well, how much pyro do you think we should do this? And it's it's a complete different landscape. I, I think you can spin things in a lot of ways, right? Like one of the ways that you could spin is just be like, we only want to provide our audience the best possible experience. 
And because we can't bring pyro, we're not going out. But there's another part of me that just thinks maybe they just don't want to tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot <laughs> you know of people, I, mean? I think a lot of people have had a change of heart in a lot of ways. I mean, me I know too. so many, so many people that are just like, you know, it was kind of nice to have some time to reflect and and not have to um, do all this. My stuff. kids know who I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, there's that, isn't there? I, yeah, my, 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 uh, watch your parents slowly dissolve when they have to spend more time with each other than they ever have. <laughs> but I think that it's, um, I think that playing shows is important. And I think that if the only way to do it is to pull back on the production, then, then that's the option. And I mean, yeah. If people don't want to come to a show because the production is less than it was pre-pandemic, then maybe they're not a fan of the music in the first place, right? Hundred like, percent. Yeah. I I I go see Ramstein because it doesn't matter what they're playing. No, no, Even no, they're cool, awesome. It's, it's just it's it's astounding, right? So yeah. if you're just a, if you're just a musician and your trip isn't, you know, we have the most pyro of all times, then you should just work it work it without that i guess but um but that being said you know just to counter contradict that uh after this next round of touring uh i'm gonna come off the road for a couple years and not because i won't tour again it's just that i've got this project in mind that i'm going to write and i have been writing that i want to focus on because it hasn't been since maybe early 2000s that i've had actual time to focus on a project it's the cycle that we got caught up in pre-pandemic was record tour, record yep. tour, record yep. tour. And in order to do that, uh, although I was happy with with the majority of what I've done over the past 15 years, there's some of it that I had to force, you know, I had to be like, we need to have a record. So you have to write. And again, I was satisfied with what I came out with for the most part. But moving forward, I really want to try and 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 afford myself the luxury of doing it the way that I used to, because I think I got something really cool in the pipes that deserves that attention. I, I'm sorry, I just want to bring up, you guys were talking about Ramstein. Uh, we saw Ramstein this summer, and it was an amazing show. What would be even more amazing? I like the fire, but to create the fire, they had to have all these towers that were very view-obscuring. <laughs> and, uh, and I would have watched them play in a in a park in the afternoon with no special effects whatsoever. If I could have seen them better oh, for, I, for sure. Enough. So enough. sometimes that production can bite you in the balls when you're, when you're a viewer, uh, that, that being said, it's, it's amazing that people need all this, uh, you know, sometimes these big productions are just basically screaming. Don't notice how bad they are. Don't notice how <laughs> bad they are. Yeah. And, uh, re and really Ramstein are fucking amazing. And, uh, so, so are you, my favorite performance is like I said, that one at heavy MTL, just because I, I felt like I could just really take in everything you were singing and there was nothing distracting my well, that's actually good. that's interesting yeah. to know man because in my mm -hmm. mind i'm all i'm always thinking when i'm doing the acoustic stuff i'm thinking oh shit people are going to be bummed that you're not there with with a full band and but i think it's 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 ultimately uh a human experience the whole live show thing and if it's if it strays too far into the realm of of, of performance uh in lieu of of like that human connection where it's just you're very separate and it's all this digital it's almost like watching a live music video in a sense uh you're there for uh you're there for a different reason i think the emotional investment that people have in music 
I know for myself that when I when I loved an album or a band when I was a kid, if I had a chance to go see them, it was less about how it sounded and and looked and more about the fact it's like, well, that's the person. Yeah. That's the yeah. That's where this all stems from. That's where that experience came from. And 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 that's why it was important to me, right? And so I think it's good to not lose sight of that as well. Um, the, uh, the tour is going to be, well, the next tour, the, the reason, one of the reasons we're talking to you is about this upcoming tour, like you mentioned with dream theater, you're going to be in Montreal in the month of July. Um, there's another band on the tour animals as leaders. Uh, tell me a bit about that band. Have you had a chance to get into them? Uh, are you friends with them? Have you seen oh, them yeah. live yet? What, and because, yeah, because I, I mean, because they're, I mean, I think they're, I, I got to see them, um, a few years back and they, they just blew me away. Yeah. They're astounding, man. I, uh, I've known <laughs> Tosin since. He was in Reflux. He used to years ago. Reflux opened for Strapping years ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and we got along well then. And then, yeah, we uh, Devin Townsend Project and Animals as Leaders. We did a ton of touring together. So I've known those guys forever, man. And and when they were in Vancouver a couple of months back, just I hate going to shows. But Javier and I got coffee, which is great. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think that what's interesting about this upcoming tour, Dream Theater, Animals as the Leaders, myself, is that the the prog world, I guess if you want to call it that, hmm. is in this interesting state where it's hard to define what it is. Because I think people hear the word prog and the first thought is like Genesis or Yes or yeah, yeah, the the, 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 the building blocks, if you will, the building blocks. Yeah, but I think it's it's kind of shifted in a sense where progressive maybe means something more literal than that you know yeah. where it is just things that are 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 pushing that boundary whichever boundary that they're in i would say that there's a lot of bands that are maybe heavy metal bands that i would quantify as being progressive well even even a band like mastodon i mean you know um yeah yeah we're, we're, or we're good or yeah, sugar yeah. or opeth or you know these bands do totally. push the magic we would just talk uh, a couple weeks ago we we spoke to josh from cattle decapitation they're pushing the Talk boundary and yeah, they're, they're pushing it in another direction. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, but I think this comes back to what we were saying, how, when we grew up, we couldn't like Duran Duran and, and Enya, but now <laughs> it's just like, it's like a nice big, it's like a big soup that everybody just puts a little bit in. And it, and, well, and I also think great. with the internet, there's all these, these niches that exist that, that, that there's, you know, 20, 30,000 people that are like participating in this thing. And, I'll meet with somebody and they'll be like, hey, here's this scene that's been existing for a while that I'm I had no idea even existed. Yeah. And then they go into the backstory. It's like, oh, and there's this band, and then bass player fucked the singer's wife or whatever, and then they broke up, and then you know, whatever it is, but there's this whole drama that went on. Yeah. And there's this lineage of eight records. And I'm thinking, I didn't even know that scene existed, yeah. let alone there's all these offshoots of it now. And so I think internet uh is is a huge distinction as to why um it's more homogenized now yeah yeah when we were kids man it's like everybody knew about madonna or what she was doing but now it's the, all these things exist and unless you're in it you have no idea right yeah and it's and it's exciting time to be i've always said this you know the internet has provided it to be an exciting time for a musician if you're a creative and if you've got control over your own career you know, if you like, you know, someone who has a studio, someone who's who who has a uh, work ethic, you can have a really nice career um, if you've got, yeah. you know, if you've got a good head on your shoulders, which is that's exactly awesome. it, man. I, I think it requires a bit of um, post pandemic. It requires a new strategy. And I think that strategy uh, is is 
going to be based on the individual, which which makes it uh, for me, it's taken a bit more time to figure out what the next step for this is, because it seems like um, it seems like in order to do it efficiently, uh, I need to really take stock of what's happened over the past few years and just and 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 put that into excuse me a second and okay. put that into some sort of um some sort of category that makes sense to me yeah because it's like you can continue doing things the way that you had been doing it but but everything changed right and i think that unless you change with it and keep that sense of of change as being a constant in your work then man you're going to fall by the wayside yeah, it gets uh, you. You tend to get a little past dated, like milk. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you want to age like whiskey, <laughs> which <Yeah>. you have. <laughs> uh, Devin, thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Um, it, we really appreciate it. Both Ryan and I are are fans, and and not just of the music, but just of you and your work ethic and and your attitude towards music. I think it's I think it's really refreshing, and I think um, you know it's nice to see someone who who isn't af- afraid to change. And and I've and I've always liked that. I've always liked people that aren't afraid to like you know go out on a on a limb and, and try things because that's that's the beauty of life is going out there and trying. You know, you're only as well. I, only- uh, I really appreciate. It. I am afraid to change, of course. Like you know, let's let's uh, again. It's it's very easy to claim these things that happen through either tenacity or accident as being some sort of virtue. Yeah. But I think that for me, I just kind of. I close my eyes and plug my nose and jump into the things that freak me out. But it's not that there's an absence of fear. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's just we're doing it nonetheless, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You got to face those fears. (laughs) uh, For instance, I'm too afraid to do a music video of just me dancing in my backyard. But uh, someday I hope I gain the courage to. Well, we're going to fix that. One way to uh, um, address that fear. (laughs) <laughs> what's that do it you, you'd be shocked at how few people care it's great and that's the thing that i you know i even talking to my my kids about that when they're afraid about what people are going to think i'm like man mm-hmm. no one gives a shit everybody's no. too concerned that they're going to look silly mm-hmm. and you know maybe they'll use you and your um trip as being something that they could ridicule to feel better about themselves but maybe on some level they're silently jealous <laughs> well the reality so is that people are so selfish and so self-absorbed that they're not noticing anything you're doing anyways no one cares man you know the thing about Devin townsend is like you know he's been around for years but he's not exactly the type of guy that you'd see on much music like 50 times a day or get radio play and a, and a bunch of other terminology that dates me significantly because <laughs> you know but but even even in a music video sense uh we discussed with animals it's just him dancing in his yard and it's yeah. like sometimes that's enough when it comes when the music is good enough that's enough and uh i just wanted to say like uh again happy birthday to my buddy marco but marco is one of those guys that will find that is like indiana jones when it comes to music He's the guy that goes into the temple and will, you know, grab the artifact and run away from a giant boulder in order to find that new great music that no one else is talking about. And uh, I think it's important because that's how people used to find out about Metallica. That's how people found out about the Misfits. It was all word of mouth Mm -hmm. because the world wasn't telling you this is fucking awesome. Some person was telling you. And uh, I want to actually ask. Jay, uh, who in back in the day, who was your like Marco Vaccaro? Who was the cool guy that you knew that said that opened a whole world of music that you didn't realize that you were whether if it's pop or metal or whatever. 
I think for me, one of my big awakenings younger, well, one of them was, um, so when my dad and my mom divorced, my dad started dating this woman who had a son and I, all of a sudden it was like, I've got an older brother. And it was, it was, and it was kind of cool because he was really into hip hop. He played football. He was into hip hop. He was a DJ and, uh, he opened my eyes to hip hop early on, like really, really early on. Oh, so okay. So like the first wave of hip hop, like, you know, Grandmaster Flash and Run DMC and all that stuff was ushered in from him for me. So it, it was kind of like the timing that it was going on in, in the world. And he was kind of really into that scene. So he had a lot of vinyl and records and 12 inches and stuff. So yeah, that, that would be like my, um, my former stepbrother, if you will, um, was my, uh, was one of the guys that ushered me into a, a huge hip hop scene. And it's probably one of the reasons why I love hip hop the way I do. You know, it's funny because I remember people getting me into certain bands like Jane's Addiction. I got into mm -hmm. Jane's Addiction because of this guy, Avram, who I wrote my first songs with before Slaves on Dope. So he's mm -hmm. the reason I got into Jane's Addiction because he turned me on to them. Um, it's more it's more like certain bands. Like I remember this person bringing me this and going, you should listen to this and or suggesting this and be like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And and uh, but yeah, it's it's nice when you have those people that are on the pulse. Um, and I know I'm that person for a lot of people because a lot of my friends will be like, what should I listen to that's new? And I'll be like, listen to this. Oh, that's them, cool, dude. And send them like 10 10 different um, things to listen to. So that, well, dude, that's awesome. Like, you know, what you're just describing is what kind of people call influencers today, except there's no, there's no push and there's no, um, yeah. there's no ulterior motives. Like, you know, there's no, no one's telling you, Oh, by the way, promote this. We'll give you money. It's just like, dude, like Marco would probably, you know, uh, would raise an eyebrow and shrug his shoulders when someone says, Hey, I'll give you 20, I'll give you $20 to say this album you don't like is good. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. sometimes you want an authentic voice with a similar uh, taste set to uh, tell you, uh, hey, what should I be listening to? And I'm I'm the same way. Stephen uh, from Fantasia, same thing. Stephen, what am I seeing this year? Yep, yeah, he's the kid. Yeah. Like that, that Stephen Lee is the guy who would know. He's the Fantasia guy, and he's also the movie guy. Like he'll message me after he's seen something and be like, "You need to see this. You need to see this." Yeah. And it's important to have those people that you whose opinions you can trust. One thing about you and I is that we'll, we're not usually mouthpieces for hire in the sense that we'll talk about stuff that we're passionate about. And if we don't like something, you won't hear us talk about it. We won't bash nope. it, but you just nope. won't hear us bring it up. So yeah. Anyways, that's a whole that's rabbit hole. That's true. I, I don't really go out of my way anymore because I just found that, uh, you know, we've talked about before, Phantom's become a little toxic. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, it's kind of like that cool to hate train and just like, I don't know, just we saw the flash. And in, in a love fest, apparently, and then the rest of the internet has different opinions on it, which makes so, no fucking sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't it fucking is know. so stupid. Yeah. I yeah. don't get it because the movie is phenomenal. The movie's so good. I, I'm I'm a firm believer, and I know we're going off track here, but I'm a firm believer ah. that the Flash will find its audience, unfortunately, later. And um, once the dust settles a bit, people are going to go back and go, "Man, that was a really good movie." Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. but it's so it's sad when you see something that's so good get lost. Um, in the shuffle, but really studios need to take a step away from superheroes for a bit. They need to. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it, I think the world needs a bit of a break. And um, just because the people that aren't in the know are just, oh, they're just like, stop, you know, like stop, it's like stop throwing it down my throat, like stop, stop. And that's how they're, they feel. Guys like us are like, yes, but I, I think the everyday person needs a break from it. Bringing it back to Devin Towns, and I think yeah. that that's a great career to have because he was never shoved down anyone's throats. No, ever, no, you had anything. to go. You had to go find him. 
Yeah, and Metallica, like Metallica becomes the biggest band in the world in 1991, uh, 1990, 1991. And as a result, they, they're like, they have, they have difficulty trying to take the next step and they make load and reload. They cut their hair. They eat all this shit. But Devin Townsend just did whatever he wanted from day one, mm-hmm. was not, uh, it, if, if anything, would push back on anybody saying, oh, you should do this now. Yeah. It would make sense if he wrote the song Animals 20 times, but yeah. he didn't. You know, (laughs) all right. Listen, first of all, let's let's let everybody know what's happening next week, because this is super cool. Um, If you were a fan of the band Quicksand uh, and there's a lot of people out there, Quicksand, influential band, uh, post hardcore, uh, just really, really cool band that put out an album uh, called Slip. That was their major label debut. It was their it was their debut, but it was their major label debut. And and, um, it's just an important record on, on a lot of fronts. And we are going to be doing something very special with Walter, the Schreifels, lead singer of Quicksand and guitar player, and of many other bands. He was, you know, one of the founders of Youth of Today, one of the founders of Gorilla Biscuits, uh, was in a band called Rival Schools, um, had a solo career. And um, Quicksand have reissued the 30th anniversary of Slip. And the folks at Iodine Records were nice enough to send me a copy of the deluxe hardbook edition. And a copy to Walter and we are going to unbox it together at the same time. Wow. And he's assured me that this thing hasn't even been opened yet. So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be happening next week on the Rockman Power Power Hour. And we will be giving away uh, one of the deluxe editions as well. So it's super, super Ooh. cool. So I want to let everybody out there know that. So if you're a fan of Quicksand, um, this is going to be the most unique way to see the entire package uh, in real time with myself and with Walter. So Make sure you keep that locked on your old radar. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody involved with the podcast. Uh, first off, our title sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Um, this is the Inflames Artist Edition, I guess. This is the collab that they did with the band Inflames, who are great. We got to get the guys from Inflames on the podcast. We'll, we'll work on that. And um, make sure you use our promo code Rockman20 right below there. And you too can have your entire fridge filled with Heartbeat Hot Sauce like Ryan. <laughs> so thank you to them i'm being but, surrounded by you, good taste use our promo code rockman 20 and you'll get 20 percent off your entire order uh big thanks to studio house designs for uh, always being with us and uh helping us look fresh so make sure you check them out over at studiohousedesigns.com thanks to akg for the headphones and for the microphones uh thanks to all of you for joining us on this journey uh thanks to my co-host ryan stick thanks to our producer julia kajerski who works tirelessly behind the scenes and I want to remind you that if you can, please subscribe to the podcast, share whatever you can, and leave comments. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we appreciate all of you for joining us on this journey. And until next time, we'll see you on the Rockman Power Hour.